Welcome to Times Will Tell, the Times of Israel weekly podcast. This week, I'm speaking to Brian Friedland, a Jerusalemite, who is appearing on reality show Tenu La'avod. That's from Khan 11. It's a reality show in, that in English means let us work. And it's episodes about nine people with neurological and cognitive differences who are determined to have the opportunity to integrate into the workplace. And they embark on a process in order to take a significant step toward their integration to society and to finding meaningful work. Brian, I'm very glad to have you with us today. Let me just introduce you a little bit more. You're 37 years old. You are on the aut- 38. You are on the autism spectrum. And until recently, I believe, you worked at Shekel, which is a, a Jerusalem workplace for occupational training, and you were there for 11 years. Shekel is actually much more than that. It's a nonprofit organization that helps people with special needs as far as employment, housing, and leisure activities. I've been in Shekel since about 07, but I've been working in their candle workshop for about, I worked in their candle workshop for 10 years. Okay, that's a long time. A lot of candles. Brian, why don't we start off? I think our reader, our listeners can hear that you have an American accent. Tell us a little bit about your aliyah to Israel, how long you've been living here, and, and then we can work ourselves into Tnula Avod. I moved here when I was almost 12 with uh, my parents, my two brothers, and my sister, um, summer of 1995. Um you know, we went through all of the stuff that was going going on back then, the Rabin assassination, the um, an Antifada, I think. Uh, it was um, – everyone said that we were crazy for doing this. Um, but we stayed and we toughed it out. And um, we I've been living here for 26 years. People say I – you know, pretty much sound like an Israeli when I talk. They notice a little bit of an accent, but they say that when I talk in Hebrew, I don't know. Some people have said I sound like a professor or something. <laughs> um, and I don't I, know. I, it's yeah, it's go hard on. to hear myself. So right. No, obviously you have to be a Hebrew speaker to be on the on the show on Tnula Avod. Why don't you tell us how you came to be on on the Khan show? That is. That's, that it's, that's about to have its last episode in about a week. Tell us how that came to happen. Uh, well, the last episode is uh, the follow-up episode, I guess you could call it, is going to be on this Thursday, September 2nd at 9 p.m. Um, I Basically, I have very good contacts through Shekel, and they know that I am able to um, express myself very well. They know that um, I'm capable of getting a message across, and um, they are always recommending my they are always recommending me for different things that are going on, whether it's film festivals, whether it's interviews, whether it's news stories. So they recommended me for this documentary because um, with Corona going on, it was very difficult to continue working in the candle workshop because of all of the restrictions and all of the rules. And 
it was basically like being put inside of a box and basically saying, you can't leave this box. You can't do anything outside of this box. You can't be here unless you follow our rules specifically. And for me, it was like someone was putting their hands around my neck and keeping me from breathing. Goodness, that sounds Um, kind of impossible. Yeah. Okay. So it was just, um, there are a lot of people out there who don't understand how, um, debilitating and um, constricting it can be for people like me and for me and people like me in Shekel. And um, I basically just said, I need a change. I need to work somehow, but I can't do it when people are constantly just boxing me in and just saying, right. you know, you can't do this because of the rules of Corona. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, it's something I, it's something that I've sort of gone through most of my life. And it's just, it got me to a point where I just, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it, you know, physically. I couldn't handle it emotionally. And so um, the people at um, Channel 11, Kana Khatisle, um, decide, um, decided to help me in order to find something new. And they're still helping me to try and find certain things that are, you know, worthy of my talents, worthy of my skills. Tell us a little bit about your talents and skills, because you had, a, you have many different ones. Um, you're an actor, correct? I'm an actor. I'm a singer. I come from a very musical family. I, um, I paint, I write, I draw, I sculpt, I carve, I am learning, uh, magic tricks or at least card tricks. Um, I am trying to, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I'm very capable at, you know, I would lead tours when they would bring groups to Shekel in order to see what Shekel is like from other places in the world or other places in the country. I would um, lead tours and show them around the building. So I'm very capable of uh, expressing myself, expressing what's going on. Um, I have a very good memory. And um, I'm very empathetic. I, I know how to connect with another human being. And um, I guess I'm just a lot more talented than other people out there would want to believe or want to give me credit for sometimes, you know? I'm just... So, right. So in that process on the, on the show that you went through, which, which took several months, correct? That took a while, the process of meeting yeah, with a counselor and with your social worker that that took several months of figuring out what how to take your skills and apply that to specific kinds of professions and jobs how was that process for you um, was it helpful I mean, at first it was kind of difficult because you don't know whether they're going to accept you for the show in the end. Um, you don't know if what you're saying is going to sound like, you know, they're interested in you as a person or they feel like you can be, you know, on photogenic or on TV or whatever the term is. Uh, it felt it was nerve wracking at first. But um, once I knew I was going to be on the show, I had this trust that 
they knew what they were doing. I've always, that's one of the things about being on the spectrum is that you always have this, um, this trust in the people who are in charge. You can't help but feel like if they are in charge, then they should know what they are doing. Um, I think that might be true of a lot of us, (laughs) a lot of people out there. Yeah. But it's very much like the trust of a child, you know, very much believing that this person wants to help you, that they know what they are doing and that they aren't going to hurt you or exploit you in any way. Um, there are, there have been occasions in my past where unfortunately that hasn't been the case, but with people who are working for, you know, a TV network, I believed in my heart that they knew what they were doing. They were bringing in psychologists. They were bringing in experts, you know, to evaluate us, to ask us all sorts of questions. And even though I knew that it was, you know, part of the process, I'm not going to deny that it wasn't frustrating at times. Um, sure. But, but, um, I knew in the end that this was something that could benefit me. I knew in the end that this was something that could help me to, um, open new doors, open new connections and find a job that I feel like really fits my skills because for the law, for so long, I, was jumping from one job to another and I just could not find my niche. I could not find the right occupation that seemed to fit me. I'm not, I'm not like my parents and I'm not like other people that I know. And I, um, just had a hard time finding what it was that could, um, suit my skill suit, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a struggle, now, without because the other the first episodes have already been screened, you in in the course of the show you're hired to be an to be an actor a tour actor of a sort in Jerusalem's uh, Mishkanot Shananim. The mo, you're you're mm-hmm. you play Moses Montefiore. Um, obviously, tourism in Israel right now is a very complicated thing because of the coronavirus. And I don't want to give yeah. away what happens in the follow-up episode that is screening on Thursday, but how is that all playing out for you right now? Are you, are you still employed? Are you still looking? And, and, and maybe, Brian, the most important question is, even if you're not doing that particular job right now, do you feel like you've found the right profession for yourself? Tour guide, uh, utilizing your acting and speaking skills. Um, it's a complicated question. I'm going to answer this as best I can. Um, Please do. Before I answer, I just want to say that if, if I have been having trouble um, working at the moment, it is not because of any human being. It is because Corona is out there right now. It is making everybody's life a living hell. It is pretty much... Rue is devastating. That's the word that I wanted to use. Devastating. It is devastating every form of employment that we can think of. And everybody is doing their best to, to 
get rid of this virus as quickly as possible. So if I have been having trouble working, it is not because of any human being. It is not because of the people at Shekel. It is not because of Kanachatisle, Channel 11. And it is not because of Dorit, who is the woman that I am working for right now, as far as the tourism is concerned. Um, as the first, as the episode details, the one that I'm in, um, it's only a part-time job at the moment because of Corona and because it's very much like when they need you, when they have a specific tour and they say, um, we'd like you to come out and play this role and do this monologue and wear this costume. So it's very much an on-demand sort of thing. Um, and I understand that. Um, I am still looking for something, you know, that can fill the time. Because, you know, as, as all of us know, thanks to Corona, we cannot sit in our houses or in our rooms, um, in my case, working on paintings or working on artwork or playing video games or watching movies or any of those other things. You can't expect us to keep doing this day after day after day and not go crazy. You can't expect that of a human being. Of course. We need work, not only as far as, like, money is concerned, but also because as far as our sanity is concerned, that we can actually go out and do something, and at the end of the day, look in the mirror and say, today I did something good, today I did something productive with my life, and I'm proud of myself for that. Um, yeah. but that makes sense. But, yeah, but um, to answer the question... It's part-time at the moment. There haven't been a whole lot of tours at the moment because, you know, there have been a lot of cases rising at the moment. But I did get my third vaccination, thank God. Thank goodness. Um, uh, it's, all, it's always going to be a little bit difficult because it is a part-time thing. Um, I don't, that doesn't mean, you know, that I have anything against Dorit or anybody else in the field. I want to make that clear. I have nothing at all against anybody. It's just that it is what it is at the moment, and we're doing the best that we can. And I'm looking at, you know, other jobs as well in order to be able to fill the time and, you know, keep myself sane. So I That's hope that answers the question. No, it's for, it for sure does. Another question that occurred to me as I watched the other episodes is... Obviously, there's nine different people um, on this show, yeah. and yes. everyone has very different stories, very different situations. And but one of the themes that keeps on coming up is that many people have had a very hard time finding a job or getting employed because of the conditions with which they exist and live and live their lives. Is that something that you came across that you've come across in your own life? Was it more about your your own issues, or was it about how the world around you the is you know the Israeli professional world how it looks at you, how potential employers look at you? Um, well, first of all, this is a situation that predates Corona, obviously. Um, of course, this. Yeah, it is something that is relevant with me. I think in the states, actually, it would be a lot harder. Um, I think in the States, 
Um, it's still taking a while for people to learn how to be empathetic towards people with special needs. I think it is. I think I think here in Israel, it's at least a little bit easier. People are a little bit more sensitive. At least that is what I have come across. That people are a little bit more sensitive. But in the job, in the job venue, it's difficult for people who are either on the spectrum or have special needs because people don't really know what to expect. They don't know whether to take this person seriously. They don't know a whole lot about what baggage that person is carrying and what it's like for that person to experience life. Um, I jumped from one job to another for 10 years before I finally ended up in the candles. And then I was there for 10 years more. A long and, time. Yeah. And I can tell you, um, that when you jump from one job to another for a decade, you begin to think that there's something wrong with you, that you've failed in some sense of just being yourself. And you feel like you're not compatible with this world. You're not compatible with what the world wants from you. It's hard to feel like you can succeed at anything, whether it's a job or a relationship or even just a small project you're doing for yourself, a small goal, when you constantly feel like you're being rejected or you constantly feel like people are saying you're not okay, this baggage you're carrying is not okay, um, it's always going to keep you down, you're never going to find anything that's really you know, good enough or suitable enough. And it's just really difficult when you feel like you're the one that has to change for the rest of the world and you don't feel like the rest of the world wants to really, for one, for one day, one hour, one second, put themselves in your shoes and really experience what it's like to, to have to carry this baggage. For someone, for someone who is on the spectrum, I say this in the documentary and I say this also in a book that I'm trying to get published. I've written and illustrated an 80-page book. It took me three years to put it together. Wow! And I'm trying to and I'm trying to get Shekel to help me publish it. I'd like to see it. Um, yeah. And um, I basically say that being on the spectrum, or basically being me, is like having a magnifying glass on your soul. Everything you see, hear, feel, experience, and even taste is amplified by like a hundred or a thousand. And so every good thing that happens to you, it feels like you're on cloud nine, like nothing better could ever compare to this. And then when something bad happens to you, it's like being in an episode of Game of Thrones, basically. That's it's quite a description, Brian. I'm curious. Yeah, it's like, how could it be any worse? Yeah. Right. I'm curious about something. There's certainly a lot more visual uh, descriptions. There's TV shows, movies, this show that are out there sort of letting everyone in on what it's like or a little bit of what it's like to, to deal with a disorder, to live with a disorder. Do you feel that? Do you feel that there is more awareness or do you feel like it's a drop in the bucket? 
I feel like there is more awareness. I feel like just like with the situation with Corona, it's something that is taking its time, but I am seeing it in different places. Um, not just with this show, but with other shows as well. Um, None of us are really that patient. You know, we want that <laughs> miracle. We want that miracle cure. You know, we want that thing to happen right away. Someone to snap their fingers and make and make it happen immediately. And as much as we know in our hearts and in our minds that that's not going to happen, we still want that desperately. But um, it is good to see that people are learning, that people are being more open you know, that people are um, realizing that, you know, people who are on the spectrum or people with special needs, they are people, too, and they deserve respect and dignity and they deserve a chance at anything, whether it's a job, whether it's getting into a good college, whether it's a relationship, whether it's um, being able to perform, in my case, being able to perform in front of you know, 200 people a night for seven or seven to eight nights or something. But you do that on and a regular basis, right? You do that on an annual basis. You perform regularly. I did, I did for 18 years. And with everything that's years. been happening with, yeah, 20 shows in 18 years. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of shows. Yeah, and uh, it has its perks. Natalie Portman came to see my very first show. She was studying here for a semester, and she comes up to me in the lobby afterwards, and she says, you were brilliant, and all I could say was, you're Natalie Portman. What show was it? My, f my first show was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I was Potiphar. That's um, quite a role. Chaim, Chaim Topol came to see us when we did Fiddler on the Roof a couple years ago. Amazing. So, I mean, yeah. Amazing. So your dream so, is really is acting or your dream is acting wrapped up with other, with something else? Your dream my job. Dream is, could you, could you just describe your dream job to us? Oy, my dream job. <laughs> Give it a uh, shot. Oy. I mean, if I had my way, my dream job would be to be a Muppeteer for Jim Henson's workshop or something. You know, that would be okay. like for me, one of the ideal jobs in the world because well muppeteering because you get to combine your personality with whatever character you're playing and it's acting and it's singing and it and it's art and it's just it combines everything you know and i'm very sorry that he's not around anymore but i really wish i could have met the man because he was a genius that is um, true that is true uh, but but for me, it's like, I don't know, being able to combine, being able to combine my chance to connect with other people, whether it's through acting, whether it's through singing, whether it's through um, my artwork, whether it's through magic tricks, whether it's through a combination of all of these things, you know, that is my dream job to be able to just connect with another human being, because that is what I have wanted all of my life. I have wanted to connect with other human beings. I have wanted to make friends. I just have not always had the skills or the knowledge or the wisdom, I guess you could say, um, to know how to do that, to know how to go about um, making these friends. And it wasn't just a matter of 
knowing it. It was also a matter of finding that particular person that you have a connection with and being able to use those skills properly. You can't just put a whole bunch of people with special needs in a room and just force them to socialize and they'll instantly connect with each other. Human human nature does not work that way. And I have a lot of experience that um, people who were in charge, unfortunately, did not see any other way of how to help me or others like me. Brian, it has been an honor to have you on the Times of Israel Times Will Tell podcast. Just to review the fifth episode, the follow-up of Tanula Avod, Let Us Work, will be mm-hmm. uh, uploaded on Khan on September 2nd. That's this Thursday. All the other episodes are also available on the Khan website. It's in Hebrew yeah. only, but we highly recommend that you watch it. Brian, thanks again yeah. for being with us. Thank you so much for listening to Times Will Tell and a special thanks to TLV1 Studios for sound production help. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Times Will Tell on all podcast platforms. (laughs) 